Welcome to the English with Reese podcast. My name is Reese. I'm a professional master's level English teacher from the UK, and I'm here to help you level up your English. So, in today's episode, you're going to learn all about phatic phrases. You'll acquire a lot of advanced vocabulary, and of course, you'll improve your listening comprehension. On the English with Reese podcast, you'll always learn. Through an interesting or fun context, and today is no different. Today's topic is the very short history of the word "hello" and the origins of the word "goodbye." So today we're going to learn why "hello" was sometimes considered rude. We're going to talk about how the invention of the telephone turned "hello" into a greeting, and I'm going to reveal. How religion has shaped one of the most useful words in English. Now, if you'd like to get more out of this episode, there are a few ways you can do that. First, you can download the transcripts. Studies have shown that reading along as you listen can help you acquire vocabulary fully and more quickly. Okay, and that is available for free using the link in the description or. If you're watching this as a video, you can just turn on the subtitles. The next way is to download the worksheet for this episode. In today's worksheet, we have additional pre and post listening activities such as vocabulary practice, synonym linking, comprehension checks, and phatic phrase practice. But if you're really, really serious about leveling up your English, the best way is by supporting me. On Patreon, there you'll be able to download the transcript and the worksheet, but you'll also get to listen to the podcast with no ads, and you get additional behind-the-scenes content and activities. You'll join a monthly live chat with me, and you'll just feel good about yourself for helping me push my free videos and podcasts. And you can have all of that for one small price. Here's a conversation. Between a young nurse and an older nurse in the BBC's *Call the Midwife*, which is set in the 1950s. Phyllis Crane, SRN, SCM. I am expected. Oh, of course. Hello.、Hmm. When I was in training, we were always taught to say "Good morning," "Good afternoon," or "Good evening." Hello would not have been permitted, unless you were talking to Americans, perhaps. It seems strange to us now. That something as innocent as "hello" could be seen as rude, but in the 1950s, for some people, it was. And to understand why, we need to understand something called phatic phrases. Now, some of you may have seen my short video on phatic phrases, but today we're going to go in depth on the topic. We're going to learn more about it. So, phatic phrases or phatic expressions. Are kind of like small talk, phrases that don't have any real meaning in themselves. These phrases just have a job to do, like keeping the conversation going. Think of the phrases "good morning" and "good night." Now, if we look at these on their own, clearly the only difference is the time of day. But actually, they serve different jobs. So, "good morning" is a way to say hello in the morning. And good night is a way to say goodbye 
in the evening. So you can see that the words themselves don't contain that much meaning, but together as a phrase, they become phatic and they have a job to do in conversation. So right now, you might be wondering why we even have phatic phrases in the first place when they give no real information. But they're important because they signpost what's going on in a conversation. In other words, they tell us what is happening. And they put the listener at ease. So let's look at another way to say hello that you might not expect. Here are three. What's up? How's it going? All right? These are all questions that seem to be requests for information, but often they actually aren't. They're just ways to say hello. So here's something you might hear from two British native speakers. All right? All right? All right is the weak form of the word all right. And in the UK, it just means hello. But it's all about context because sometimes you actually want to know if your friend is all right. Okay, maybe they look sad and you want to check in on them. So you can do this with your tone. See if you can hear the difference. How's it going? How's it going? You can see that when I have that falling intonation, and by intonation, I mean stress or pitch, when I have that falling intonation, I let the listener know that this is a genuine question. I really want to know how they feel. A couple of other English phatic phrases would include thank you, you're welcome, no problem, nice to meet you, sorry for your loss, and have a nice day. When people use these phrases, they're not thinking of each individual word. They are thinking about the job that each phrase does for the conversation. Of course, the list is much, much larger than that, but today we're talking about the word hello. So let's get back to that. When we first used hello, it wasn't a phatic phrase. In fact, phatic phrases are never phatic to begin with. They just get used repeatedly over time and they become phatic later. So you see, hello never used to be a greeting, not in the beginning. In the 1800s, the most popular greetings would be good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day. And hello at that time was just a way of grabbing someone's attention or expressing surprise. Hello. And you might be surprised to learn that we still use hello in this way today. Think about when you're on the phone and suddenly the connection drops. You can't hear your friend anymore. Well, what do you say? You say, hello, hello, hello. You're not trying to start the conversation again. You're trying to get your friend's attention. And it's funny that I mentioned the phone because that's where hello finally became a greeting. When you answered a phone call, you didn't know who was calling. This is before mobile phones. This is before any kind of system to tell you who's calling. So it would just be a ringing phone. It could be anybody in the world, in any country, most importantly, in any time zone. So if you're in India and somebody's calling from America, for example, 
You don't know what time of day it is. Is it morning, afternoon, evening? So suddenly, good morning doesn't work. You needed a new greeting. So two men put forward a solution. The first man was Thomas Edison, who I'm sure you've heard of. He suggested the word hello. And then Alexander Graham Bell, who is credited with inventing the phone, suggested ahoy. I'm sure you can guess which suggestion won. Now, the thing that really spelled victory for hello was the phone book. You see, when we first had phones, people were a bit confused about how to use them or about the etiquette on the phone. How do you speak on the phone that's different to everyday conversation? So in the beginning, phone books had guidelines on how to speak on the phone. And one early phone book suggested beginning with a firm and cheery hello. And at that point, hello was H-U-L-L-O-A. Another suggestion is saying, what is wanted? And instead of goodbye, they suggested, that is all. So even then, you can feel that some of these feel rude and some don't. But at that time, they all felt the same. Hello felt the same as what is wanted. And I think that's so interesting. Now, of course, not everything in this phone book caught on. But hello did. And it wasn't long before it spread to the wider English language. So let's go back to our 1950s nurses. I am expected. Oh, of course. Hello. Hmm. When I was in training, we were always taught to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Hello would not have been permitted. The older nurse didn't feel like she was being greeted. To her, the younger nurse was just trying to grab her attention. Imagine someone saying, Oi, you! Today. It doesn't feel very friendly, does it? So it's not surprising that the older nurse reacted in the way that she did. Now, in the modern world, you might think we don't have problems like this, but you would be wrong. We have these kinds of problems a lot, and it's mostly to do with different generations. For example, the word hey to mean hello. For a younger person, maybe younger than 35, 40, hey is just a normal way to say hello. But if you're older than that, hey might be the same as or you. It's just another way to grab someone's attention, and it's not really polite. Hey has become phatic. The same has happened with no problem and you're welcome. And depending on your age, you'll likely see one of them as phatic and one of them as giving actual information. To an older person, you're welcome is the proper response to thank you. Somebody says thank you, you say you're welcome. That's the way we do it. So when they hear no problem, well, they start thinking about the details of those words. What do they mean? And they think to themselves, well, I didn't think there would be a problem. On the other hand, for a younger person, the proper response to thank you is no problem. So when a younger person hears you're welcome, it feels a little old fashioned. And if they think about what those words mean, it kind of feels like the older person 
believes they're giving some extra special effort, even when the thing is not really difficult for them. Another thing that can split people in this way is location. So, all right, or all right, doesn't really mean hello in the US. It's actually asking if someone feels all right. And in the UK, what's up? Doesn't mean hello. Again, that's either asking, what are you doing? Or how are you? Things are changing a little bit though, because in the modern world, we all share our media. So an American might listen to an Australian podcast and a British person might watch an American movie. So these phatic phrases are getting shared and equally understood more and more as we become more globalized. And I'm sure that you can find something similar in your own language. So for example, in Mandarin Chinese, which is a language I'm kind of trying to study, I'm very much a beginner, but I know this much. In Mandarin Chinese, we have the phrase bukuchi, which means you're welcome. And it's used in various dialects and places where Mandarin is spoken. In Beijing, for example, you could also say bu yongxie, which literally means no need to say thank you, but it is phatic, so it's just understood the same as you're welcome. In Taiwan, though, for some people, the phrase isn't phatic. Bu yongxie might feel like you are refusing their thank you. It might not feel very polite. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Elsa Speak. When you haven't got a teacher in front of you, getting feedback on your pronunciation can be impossible. You can practice all you want, but you won't know if you're making any progress until you get that feedback. Well, that's where Elsa Speak comes in. Elsa listens to your pronunciation and gives you feedback in real time. With their app, you can take pronunciation lessons, check your proficiency level, and learn to speak more clearly. Join 40 million people already using Elsa Speak to improve their pronunciation. 90% of users see an improvement in their pronunciation, and 95% feel more confident when they speak. Use the link in the description for a 7-day free trial. And if you want to go pro, you'll get 85% off a lifetime membership or 40% off a yearly membership. That's Elsa Speak. Link in the description. But there is one phatic phrase that has stood the test of time. First used so long ago and still used today. It is the word goodbye. Now, in English, just like pretty much every language, words change over time. So in English, nice used to mean silly. Naughty meant you had naught or zero of something. And meat referred to any solid food. But goodbye is a little bit different. It's actually a contraction. Now, a contraction, to remind you, is something like I'm which is short for I am. Now, goodbye is a contraction of four words. God be with ye. Now, ye is an old word for you. We have our first written evidence of this in a 1573 letter by Gabriel Harvey, where he spells goodbye as G-O-D-B-W-Y-E. Or in other words, G-O-D, God, B-W-Y-E. Be with, Y-E, 
ye, which is you. It may be similar to how some people today might say something like, may God bless you, or may God be by your side. And as you can imagine, that is more serious than just saying goodbye. Back then, we didn't know if we would see the other person again. There were no telephones, there was no internet, and not everybody could write. So when you said goodbye to someone, it could be the last time. So it really called for something serious. God be with you was appropriate at this time. But as we've seen with hello, using a phrase again and again and again and again and again makes it become phatic. And goodbye was no different. At some point, it just became another phrase with no serious meaning, but it helped with a social situation. Leaving, saying goodbye. In fact, the word God in God be with ye was eventually replaced with good. And now when we pass out that goodbye phrase, it doesn't make any sense. Good be with you. It doesn't really mean anything in English. I'm having trouble understanding what that means. But as a phrase, as a contraction, goodbye, it makes total sense. We know what that does in a social situation. The phrase was truly phatic by this point. And the spelling has changed over time too. It's become standardized. So now we find ourselves saying and writing goodbye without any thought to the original religious meaning. And if you spoke to any native, it's unlikely they would know that it used to be a religious saying. Just like all phatic phrases, goodbye just does a job. It doesn't have any specific meaning. And there are plenty of phatic phrases out there that you might not even think of. Most idioms are phatic, like the phrase, you're pulling my leg. Like nobody's actually pulling my leg. And when you say it, I'm not really thinking about someone pulling a leg. I just know it means you're teasing me. You're pulling my leg. You're teasing me. Likewise, a lot of the small talk that you have with a stranger is phatic. A lot of what you say doesn't contain information, and you're not really trying to give information either. You're just trying to move a conversation along. It's surprising to learn that hello wasn't always a part of English. We think of it as the first English word, whatever that means. Probably because it's the first thing we say to a new person. But of course, like every word in every language, it had to come from somewhere. And I think that's an important takeaway from this podcast episode. Phatic phrases can be different depending on your age, your location and your language. And we shouldn't just assume that the other person is being rude. Our phatic phrases that we carry in our brains aren't exactly the same as the phatic phrases someone else carries. They'll have a few that are different to yours. You'll have a few that are different to theirs. And if you speak different languages, well, your lists are totally different. I also find it interesting to think about how much of what we say is phatic. Now, studies have come up with all sorts of numbers from under 10% to over 50%. And I find it hard to place my own opinion in there. But I think a lot of what we say is phatic. Personally, I often wonder 
about how much of our vocab, the phrases we use, are just copy and pasted from somewhere else. You know, when we think of vocabulary, we think of individual words, but that's not all vocabulary is. Vocabulary is also phrases, collocations, and quotes. So if you're interested in learning more about that kind of idea, what you want to search for is lexical chunks. Okay, lexical chunks. Lexical is the adjective form of lexis, and lexis just means words. And if you'd like to learn more about phatic phrases, I would love to recommend a book that I've been reading. It's by Gretchen McCulloch, and it's called Because Internet. Now, I will tell you, this book is aimed at high-level native speakers. But if you take a dictionary with you and you take your time to understand it, it could be a great learning experience. Not just about how language has evolved over time, but also a good vocabulary exercise. So before we wrap up today, let's just talk about a few of the key phrases that I used in this episode. Starting with this. I said that in the past, hello could be seen as rude. And that's our phrase, could be seen as. Notice that I didn't say hello was rude. I said could be. I use could be, or you can use can be, to show that something isn't always true. And I use seen as to show that I am talking about opinions and viewpoints. For example, when you come to the UK, do not show your two fingers to the camera. It could be seen as offensive. Okay. Now, I also said that hello was used as a way of grabbing someone's attention. That's the phrase, grabbing someone's attention. When you grab someone's attention, you make them interested. The loud bang in the hallway really grabbed our attention. At one point, I also said that it was funny that I mentioned the phone. But it wasn't ha-ha funny. It wasn't something that made you laugh. I was using funny in a different way. Funny in this sense means surprising or unexpected. The fridge is making a funny noise. And the final key phrase I want to share with you today is stood the test of time. It simply means that something is still popular or still strong after a long time. For example, the TV show The Simpsons is in its 34th season. Now that is really long. Most shows only make it to six or seven seasons. So The Simpsons has really stood the test of time. Now guys, if you have found this podcast useful and you would like to help me continue to make free podcasts and free videos, you can do that by supporting me on Patreon. The link is in the description. Remember, if you subscribe, you'll get ad-free episodes, PDF worksheets, live chats, and other behind-the-scenes content and activities. You can also share this podcast with your friends or leave a review on whichever app you're using. That will really help me out a lot. I'll see you next time.